Greetings, all. Welcome to Aquarian Diary. I'm your host, John Irving. It is January 2nd, 2024. The bulk of this was recorded on December 31st, 2023. I will be displaying some graphics on the screen. If that matters to you, you may prefer to watch this on YouTube if you're not. Happy 2024, everyone. Such an interesting time. Jupiter went direct on December 30th. Mercury went direct on the night of January 1st. In a few weeks, on January 20th, Pluto will enter Aquarius, which I have talked a lot about here. Finally, Uranus will go direct on January 27th. At that point, there will be no retrograde planets until April 1st, when Mercury goes retrograde. So this is a period where we will be in full steam ahead energies. So it's kind of nice to have 2023 in the rearview mirror. You know, one of the things about Jupiter is that it does, in some respects, cover the law. So we had all these weird squabbles around legal matters and issues, and everyone was very focused on that, particularly around Donald Trump. Jupiter had been retrograde between September 4th and December 30th. So now that Jupiter's going direct again, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little less hesitation with respect to legal matters, prosecutions, indictments, and so forth. It would be nice to put the whole 45 affair behind us too. Wouldn't that be a relief? We could actually think about and worry about things that actually matter. <laughs> like democracy, or the environment, or solving the poly crisis that humanity faces. Come on, let's get it over with. I talked a lot about this in my episode titled The Infant Rebellion. Fingers crossed I was right about that. Today I want to talk about something that's been on my mind for a while. It's just been kind of stewing in the back of my mind for quite some time now. And I noticed that this subject is a bit triggering for people. So I want to preface this by saying that I hope people don't perceive it that way. What I'm going to be talking about is actually a call to action. And it came up in the discussion I had recently with Irish Granny Tarot, which I'll put a link to in the description, as usual. Always check the description if there's any references I put links in there. I was talking about how Pluto in Aquarius is going to be opposing the sign of Leo. And as far as I'm concerned, the generational cohorts are actually defined by their Pluto placement. So the whole Pluto in Leo generation, which is really the post-war baby boomers, are going to be being opposed by Pluto. And this is a challenging aspect. But we don't necessarily need to be overly fearful of Pluto unless we've just been very negligent when it comes to dealing with the issues that Pluto in our natal chart represents. And of course, everyone will have Leo in a different house, one of 12 houses. But this extended period, a 20-year cycle of Pluto opposing Leo, I just find the timing of it so fascinating because, of course, many countries around the world now are really concerned about this cohort 
stepping into retirement, moving out of the workforce. Of course, when they're retired, for the most part, they're not generating taxable income in the form of salaries, and they're aging and they will require a lot of support medically and in terms of assisted living in many cases. And some will be experiencing things like dementia and stuff, right? This is just stuff that happens when you get to a certain age. Now, just for the record, I'm not actually Pluto in Leo. I'm Pluto in Virgo. But most of my friends and mentors and spiritual teachers over the years were Pluto and Leo people. So I naturally gravitated towards them because from my perspective, they were generally more mature than people of my own age. And I was interested always in deep subjects and topics. I was really interested in things like spirituality and those kinds of topics from late teens, early 20s. Not typical. You know, most people don't seem to get interested in this kind of stuff until 30s, 40s, whatever. It's just the way it is. It's just the way I've always been. In fact, one of the people who I kind of considered my first mentor is the person who introduced me to astrology. And I was probably 19, 20 years old, something like that. I remember that whole period very distinctly. So my point is that I have a tremendous amount of respect for that generation. And of course, the whole countercultural movement that arose in the 1960s, very interestingly, when Pluto and Uranus conjuncted in Virgo in that time frame. And now we have Pluto moving into Aquarius and its ruler is Uranus. So you can see the parallels, at least I hope, and I have talked a lot about this in my episodes about Pluto and Aquarius, which I would encourage you to watch or listen to because I'm not going to revisit all of that here. It would just be redundant. But having said all that, so we got environmentalism, we got the anti-war movement, we got civil rights, all these kinds of things really came to a head in that period. Old cultural norms and stereotypes started to dissolve. We got so many things, arts, music. I mean, just think of the music. Groundbreaking music, rock and roll, was a paradigm shift compared to anything that had existed before. And we still revere many of the musicians that arose in that period, which is like 60 years ago. It's amazing. Art, film, oh my God, you could go on and on. And perhaps even most importantly for me was the blend of Eastern and Western religious and spiritual traditions. This was huge, <laughs> huge, amazing, right? And then they moved along and they had kids and they had careers and they got into the workforce and they started buying homes and accumulating wealth, things that you naturally are inclined to do when you have responsibilities like children and grandchildren and things like that, of course, right? But now humanity is at this point where for younger people, Generation Zs and millennials, things are really difficult and the future is very gloomy. A topic that is very important to me, of course, is the global environmental issue. And I hesitate to use terms here because I'll just get flagged by the algorithms. But anyway, I digress. But we have this global environmental problem that literally represents a clear and present danger to civilization itself. The latest research and measurements and observations are off the charts. According to the latest research by James Hansen, 
Earth's climate sensitivity is 4.8 degrees Celsius, which is substantially higher than had been understood. That means that for a doubling of Earth's atmospheric carbon dioxide concentrations, that we will see average warming of 4.8 degrees Celsius. And Earth could warm significantly more if we do not take radical actions to curb our emissions. Hansen et al. calculate that climate equilibrium could be as much as 8 or 10 degrees Celsius, which is what will occur over a long period of time. We started the Industrial Revolution at 280 ppm CO2. We're now at like 422 ppm. And at the current rate of emissions, it won't be long before we reach that doubling of atmospheric carbon dioxide concentrations, which bring us into that territory of 4.8 C of global warming. James Hansen is considered to be the godfather of this science in many ways. And if you've done any reading about this, you know that those kinds of temperature increases will be utterly catastrophic to global ecosystems and environments and to civilization itself. Last week, Australia had temperatures of 49 Celsius in parts of Australia. That's 120 Fahrenheit. This is life-threatening to animals, livestock, human beings, aquatic life, birds, reptiles, mammals, the works. Most creatures can't survive very long in those kinds of temperatures. There's a phenomenon called the wet bulb temperature, which measures how much heat and humidity people can survive in before they die. And it's well below what those kinds of temperatures can inflict on people under certain circumstances. Anyway, finally, I will get to the point. I just want to make sure that people understand how critical the current situation is. This is on top of all of the issues of young people being burdened by massive amounts of student debt that they can't get out from even if they declare bankruptcy. They're basically living in a form of indentured servitude. They have no hope of buying a home because they can't generate the down payment unless they have wealthy parents who can support them. And I've made the case here before that factoring in inflation, our incomes have actually been going down for decades. And a lot of young people have no interest in starting families because they're very concerned about the future environmentally as they should be. There's a lot to be very concerned about. When I was a child, my parents hammered this into our heads, that if you ever go to a place, you visit a place, you're a guest somewhere, or you borrow something from somebody, you always return it in at least as good condition as it was when you borrowed it or used it, if not better. So if you stayed at someone's place, you tidied up, you made the bed, you did the laundry, you, you know, Always leave a place better off than it was when you found it. Both my parents, they had a really strong ethic about these kinds of things. And I think that that is a rule that should apply to the baby boomer generation as well. So my argument is that the baby boomers, as they're retiring, and they have tremendous amount of wealth that they've stashed away, they should be, in my opinion, this is my suggestion, they should be devoting themselves to doing whatever it takes so that the world that they leave behind for future generations is better for everyone than it was when they arrived. 
on the scene. Simple concept, right? When my boomer friends were growing up, they had tremendous opportunities to go get a higher education. It was very inexpensive, almost nothing. You could work your way through university just on a summer job, and many of them did. That's not true anymore, not even remotely. <laughs> Kids go into crushing debt for decades. And the environmental situation is really, really concerning, as I have described here and in other episodes. So those baby boomers who are retiring, for example, could form groups or organizations or join groups or organizations that are trying to make the world a better place. They could brainstorm around questions like, what do we need to change to make the world a better place? It could be politically, it could be socially, it could be environmentally, it could be economically, it could be in terms of education or healthcare or housing or whatever it is. <laughs> if a portion of the baby boomers devoted themselves to this, they would win the respect, admiration, and appreciation from countless younger people. And that would be their legacy. Now, if you're a baby boomer who's struggling to survive and you don't own a million-dollar house or whatever it is, I'm not suggesting that you devote huge amounts of your time to projects like this. But if you are somebody who's secure and successful and you have energy, time, or resources to spare, I really do think that that is what the baby boomer generation should be doing. Like I said, they should be focused on leaving behind a legacy that is honorable, ethical, and laudable. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Sure, there's some people who are just egocentric, but that's probably not you if you're listening to this now. One of the reasons I'm raising this is because I've, I've noticed over many years, because I'm reasonably well-informed about the global environmental situation, that I would often feel, kind of like just sense it, that baby boomers would get triggered around this issue. And I also think they get triggered around the housing issue because, you know, they bought homes decades ago, many of them, when it was peanuts. And for the most part, interest rates were really low. And they also have the wealth reserves to capitalize on situations. So just in my comings and goings, I've noticed that, like I said, these kinds of topics are triggering for boomers in some cases because they probably feel like they're being attacked or maybe part of them feels guilty about it. I'm not sure. But they have to get over that. Honestly, really have to get over that. You can't hide from consciousness and you can't hide from responsibility, especially with Pluto opposing your natal Pluto, which it's going to be doing for 20 years. So if the baby boomers don't take the bull by the horn and be proactive about these kinds of issues, I think their legacy will be in serious question if it's not already. So that's why I'm arguing for them to be proactive, which is also a smart thing from a karmic perspective. You can't come to the earth, trash the place, and then take off without there being karmic consequences. And I know that this doesn't apply to everyone who's listening to me right now. I know that some of you are mind-blowingly amazing, wonderful, and beautiful people who have been active socially, politically, and so forth, working on really good causes for many, many years. And you've been, in a lot of ways, feeling like you've been screaming into the wind. And I get it. I've been experiencing that too. But as a general rule, this cohort is at that stage in its life cycle where they have the most amount of responsibility because they have 
many years of experience. They've had many opportunities, a lot of life experience. They're in positions of power and influence, or they could be. And this is just kind of a preventative recommendation that they really stop, think about their legacy, do whatever they can to leave Earth a better place than it was when they came here. And especially for the younger generations, that's probably not their kids, that's their grandkids or their great-grandkids. I'm saying this because it's important, and I'm saying this because it matters, and it's been on my mind for a while now. And as I've said, I can be a bit prophetic, I just sense these kinds of things, and I'm putting it out there because I know there's a lot of boomers that listen to me. So I'm hoping that they will do that en masse, like on a large scale. Just organize, plan, strategize. Here's another suggestion. Don't discount what the younger generations are saying or feeling. They're not living in the same world that you grew up in. It's very, very different. When I was a kid, my father bought a new car every year, and he supported a wife and four kids on one salary, and he was not a millionaire. That isn't even remotely conceivable anymore. It's not even something a young person generally would, would even think about or aspire to. It's just so far-fetched. It's not like that. Kids are living at home in their 20s and 30s. So don't discount what they're experiencing. Involve them. Go out and talk to them. Get them to come to these meetings and tell you what they're feeling, thinking, and experiencing, what they're afraid of, why they fear the future, and so forth. And really listen. Listen to what they say and how they're feeling. Empathize with them. Don't criticize them. I'm not saying they're all right, but generally, the world is very different. Plus, there's the whole environmental crisis I've been talking about. That is going to destabilize every sector and aspect of society, from the economy to housing to agriculture, everything. Yes, we had certain threats back in the 1960s. I remember in school being trained to duck and cover. But that was just a possibility. The environmental crisis is happening, guaranteed. It's going to happen. It's already starting, but it's going to get much worse, regardless of anything that we do at this point in time. Even if we stop all emissions today, it's going to get worse for years to come. There's an inertia in the system. So those are my suggestions. And let me know what you think. And try not to get triggered by this. I'm trying to help. And if you have a problem, the first step is acknowledging the problem and not being in denial about it. I'll leave it there for now. Thanks for your time. Again, for more detail, check the episode description for other episodes or articles that are related or that I mentioned. And if you're interested in a reading with me, I'll put a link to that as well. I have a 20% off special on currently. Many sincere thanks to everyone who supports me, especially my YouTube members. Thank you very much. Take care, all the best, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.